0: You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. E-C-U.
1: Private nation.
2: Purple and gold family. Family. Stand to your feet. Put your crossbones
3: up and lean side, side. Yeah. and lean side to side. Yeah, and lean side to side. Yeah, and lean side to side. Come on, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, crazy in here. A whole sea of purple and gold waving here. Keep a going short tank because we got a whole bunch of You're watching the
1: Pirate Football Playback on The Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Now, here are the guys.
3: Welcome into the Pirate Football Playback right here on The Sports Objective brought to you by Presented by LNK Custom Homes. Call Kevin Walker at 336-688-8461. Thank you, KK, for the support of the program. I got to give a shout-out to my man, Kyle from the Grange Barber. What's up, dude?
2: What's going on, Dave? As we sit here on a winning weekend for the Pirates, waiting to find out our bowl destination. Um, you know, we'll, we'll break down the game, how our faults our are on the season, I guess. But uh could have been better. could have been worse. It is what it is. 7-5, we have an opportunity. To have an eight-win season would just be the eighth time in the last 22 years we posted eight wins or more. so uh, And it would just be our third bowl win in the last – no, fourth bowl win in the last 22 years if we can get it. So a uh,
3: lot still to uh, to play for. No doubt. Bubba Rosenbaum, uh, China Groves, very on. Appreciate you, man, all the stuff behind the scenes. And Pirates get it done, 49-46. And uh, I know there's a lot to talk about, but just have to, happy – it's kind of like I told my mom. Um, after the game yesterday, survive in advance, kind of like a tournament. So survive in advance wasn't our best game, but we got it done.
0: Yeah, what a wild game it was yesterday in Philadelphia. And then the Pirates got big plays from Josiah Hatfield uh, in the kick return game. And then Keaton Mitchell, 300 total yards of offense. Um, the Pirates, once again, taking care of the football, winning the turnover battle. Um, we were plus one there. And uh, you know, six consecutive games now that the Pirates had not turned the football over. And in my lifetime of following East Carolina football, I don't ever recall a streak like that. It's pretty impressive.
3: Matt Semenzo would we'll bring you in. That was one of the things, guys, I forgot to text you. And uh, I was thinking about that after the game. I was so excited. My family, we had like a watch party uh, with my mom and dad and my, my kids and I we watched the game and it was so much fun. And, uh, it was a little nerve-wracking because, you know, it was a little tight there. and um, But that pass that, that Holton threw, oh, my goodness, it was amazing. And to have that game, and I was thinking right after the game, we haven't thrown an interception, and we haven't had a turnover. It has to be in six games. And I forgot to text you, Bubba, and I saw our friend Steven and I go uh, tweet that out. And so I was like, I was glad I was right. I'm not the numbers guy like Bubba. So I was, uh, Matt, I was glad that I was right about that.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty incredible statistic. And, you know, typically when you go that long without a turnover, you're going to win a lot of games. And um, But, you know, just to kind of piggyback on what you guys were saying, you look back at this season and maybe it wasn't everything we wanted in terms of a championship. uh, But if nothing else, guys, it was memorable as far as so many games that came down to the wire, uh, so many close games that could have gone either way and, uh, you know, certainly just a, just a memorable season in that sense. So looking forward to, like, you guys find out who we're playing in a bowl game. And, you know, personally, I'm hoping for uh, Fenway Park. But, hey, we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, you kind of, you kind of look at it and people people like the what-if thing. So go, well, what if we'd have beaten NC State? What if we'd have beaten Navy? What if we'd have beaten Cincinnati? But you can look at it the other way. What if we'd have lost to Temple? What if we'd have lost to BYU? What if we'd have lost to Memphis? So we we play a lot of close football games. You know, the only blowout, the only blowouts were you know, convincing wins we really had all year were UCF, uh, ODU, Campbell, and South Florida. Besides that, every other game was a nail biter. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was it was very much like last season. Uh, as far as the Pirates really could have been anywhere from four and eight to to nine and three or ten and two. Um, those games that you referenced on um, the, the games that you could have won or should have won against NC state Navy. And then, uh, also, also at Cincinnati and, um, and then you, you won the close games against BYU and Memphis. And then also yesterday. So, uh, you're, you're very rarely gonna, unless it's a season like 1991, you're very rarely going to win, uh, that many close ball games. And uh, I think one difference from this season um, compared to last season, last year, the the tougher teams on the schedule, like uh, Houston or UCF or Cincinnati, we weren't as competitive this year. We were on the doorstep of beating Cincinnati, and that was at Cincinnati. And I know the Cincinnati team wasn't as good, but um, they were still a very good football team. And then UCF, was better than they were last year, and we beat them by three touchdowns. And so even though we're 7-5, and five, um, this is still um, a bigger step in in the right direction than, than a lot of people realize, even though we have the same record, and obviously we can better the record with a bowl win.
2: Yeah, I think if you win eight, and, and, and particularly if we do end up, and, and I personally want Myrtle Beach, but if we do end up with an ACC or SEC opponent and we can beat them, then you really put a positive cap on the season. That's what everybody's going to remember. They'll remember winning eight games, and, and you just beat a Syracuse or a Missouri or a Louisville, somebody like that, in a bowl and uh, get the fan base excited. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Temple game, but that's the big question right now is, where are we going bowling? And Obviously, there's a lot of talk about what Matt wants, which is the Fenway Bowl. Matt's in Connecticut, for anybody that doesn't know. So Boston's very close to him, so obviously he wants Fenway. A lot of people won't Fenway. I'm, I'm a little yeah, biased. Yeah, a little bit. Kind of like me in Myrtle Beach.
1: Uh, exactly. You I'm know, little, we get so bit. few games up here, Kyle. To your point, I mean, we just get so few games up here. It would be, you know, I, I would personally love it, but I, you know, what's even more important than that is what's best for the fan base. So, like, if we could get, well, don't you, you know, get like five dollar flights from Hartford to, to Myrtle Beach anyway? You know what? <laughs> you you really do. I mean, you get incredible. You could take from Hartford, Connecticut. You can get on a Spirit flight get to Myrtle Beach for like a hundred bucks. I mean, so that, that's, that's that, that would be a good place too. I mean, I, I would gladly take that.
3: Guys, my sister was asking me yesterday, so I'm going to be selfish here. Um, Maybe people can help you guys are smarter than I am. What about um, the train? Is that something we could take the train up to Boston? Yeah,
2: you you could. There's Amtrak. I checked Amtrak um, for the Boca bowl. For some reason, a couple weeks ago, I was convinced we were going to Boca and uh, you would have to take that. There's no Amtrak station in Boca. So you have to take it to West Palm. But I took the Amtrak from Raleigh to West Palm. and Unless you want to do a sleeper car, um, which is about $700, no. uh, that's pretty reasonable. Um, the only problem I felt with looking at Amtrak, at least to Boca, from Raleigh to Boca, was going when, when I was looking at going, um, which would have been the Saturday before the bowl game, um, they had coach and sleeper cars available. Nothing was available in business class, but you could get business class coming back. Business class was sold out going down and um you don't want to do coach on a long or on a long trip like that on Amtrak. You, if you don't want to invest in a sleeper car, you at least want to do business class that way you have plenty of room.
3: Yeah, well that uh I've never uh, I've never been on a train before, so it would be my first time. I've been on planes many times, of course, cars many times, and go to different places, but I've wondered about that about the train to go to a commander's game or different places go up to New York city see. commander's game would be,
2: would be really easy. That wouldn't take long at all. Um, my buddy, yeah. Mark, uh, they took the train from uh Smithfield to, um, to uh, DC to go see, um, oh hell corn uh, in concert uh, back this past winter. And um, they, they really enjoyed it. So yeah, uh, the train for, for a commander's game or for like an Orioles game or a, nationals games that's really doable
3: yeah no doubt and uh guys with the it looks like we've talked about it numerous times about we'll get to the game i promise bub in a second but um all the talk of military i don't think that's going to happen but i i seriously doubt if the league says you're going to the military well we're not going to turn that down right
2: well we're in a position where we probably could and i'll tell you why um there's eighty two I believe there's eighty two bowl spots to fill and there's seventy nine bowl eligible teams. So that means we're gonna have the five and seven teams going to bowls. So we're going to a bowl somewhere. So we probably actually could turn it down. You you because we're we'd be guaranteed a spot somewhere. Um now at that point you may be like, all right, and then you're going to the cure bowl in Orlando. Good luck playing the fifth place Sunbelt team. Um so I uh, I don't think if you've made it clear you don't want to be somewhere. You're not going to be asked to come. I mean, that's just pretty much how that is. If 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 I tell you, Dave, I don't want you at my house. I'm having a party, and I don't want you here. I don't think you're going to ask to come, are you?
3: No, I don't. I'm not going where I'm not wanted. That's true. So
2: I I don't think I don't. We've made it clear we don't go want to go to the military bowl. Um. So I don't think they want us. I mean, that's that. That's how I would approach it if I was running the military bowl.
3: And Bubba, have you heard anything from? Maybe we can ask our buddy Pete Medhurst. He knows that situation pretty well, a lot better than we would. Uh, the play-by-play voice of Navy. I wonder what he would think. No, uh, I
0: haven't. I haven't reached out to Pete, um, but I will. Um, I'll do that and see. If, and typically, uh, he responds pretty quickly and maybe awesome. we can get some uh, some word from him. But um, kind of going back to yesterday's game. Um, obviously, early on the Pirates' offense. Um, Two straight three and outs, a a start very similar to what we saw last weekend against Houston. But unfortunately, we got things in gear, and uh, what a day for Keaton Mitchell. Keaton had 222 yards rushing, three touchdowns on the ground, also had the 73-yard touchdown reception on what was a near disaster on the jet sweep fake, where we uh, um, extended the ball a little too much there. But uh, Keaton Mitchell now – as you see there on the screen, 1,325 yards, 7.4 yards per carry.
2: That busted play where uh, he kind of just shovels it to Keaton, um,
0: that was incredible. I mean, that was
2: like you, – you, it's like disaster. And then you're like, all right, Keaton's going to gonna turn it into something positive. And you're like, holy crap, he's going to score. Um, uh, that, that was an incredible effort by Keaton. Um, good job uh, by the receivers blocking downfield, staying alert. But uh, that that was an good job by Holton, turn you know, getting the ball out of his hand, and creating a positive play. But that that's that you ain't gonna see that happen too often. A, a busted play go for a seventy seven yard touchdown reception. I mean, that was an yeah. incredible play. You
1: know, Keaton, guys, Keaton guys, he's the perfect example. When you hear the the t- t- phrase "speed kills," I mean, he is a one man wrecking crew. And you know, it, he I really think it was a strategy going back to before the BYU game for him to kind of again what he tries to do is he looks to bounce everything. He looks to bounce everything, get to the outside, and then and then get north, as they say, north and south, and and use his speed. And man, when he when he gets ahead of steam, nobody's going to catch him. So he he's a he is a one man wrecking crew. Um, beyond impressed with what he was able to do this season.
2: Yeah, it's funny that you know it, it, the, when you think of a running back here, my job is Chris Johnson, who played at East Carolina. So you know it, it'll be interesting if Keaton goes to the league this year. Um. If I was Keaton, and I understand why he'd go to the league, you only get so many carries. Um, running back careers are short. But one thing I think Keaton needs to improve on is his receiving skills. Um, he 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 doesn't catch all the balls that are thrown his way. And with that speed, if he could get a little bit better at, at catching the football, uh, he he could. I think he could go from you know maybe a third, fourth round draft pick. I don't know what he's predicted to be if they've even done that yet this year. I think he could get into first, second rounder if he could work on those. Those, those past gets, catching skills a little bit in the spring and summer and come back next fall. And obviously that's also me being selfish just because I want him to come back.
3: Yeah, that's my that's my thing is that I definitely think that he can make a team. Um, but I definitely, but if he had another season like he has the last two, um, three, um, you know, like he has that in a row, then yeah. he's a proven commodity. Um, that's to me I know a lot of people are talking about quarterback, but to me the key to the season is one of the keys for next year. and We'll talk about that.
2: Uh, Dave's audio just—I think Dave just froze up on us.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, Dave's well, had was...
3: some technical difficulty
0: there, but um, you know, Dave, Dave mentioned uh, you know quarterback play. Uh, Holt Nailers, as we already mentioned, uh, we were turnover-free yesterday, and uh, Holton once again taking care of the football. I think he finished twenty five out of thirty seven, three hundred and fourteen yards, and I believe it was three touchdowns, no picks. Is it, or no, but uh, we'll confirm that. But for the season now, twenty three touchdowns, five interceptions, a little over thirty four hundred yards for Holton, and he, uh, he he
2: at least had three touchdown
0: passes. Yeah, yeah, if it, it was three. Yeah,
2: because um, he, had, he had the touchdown pass to Winston, the touchdown. We just talked about to uh, to Keaton on the busted play, and then of course the game winner to Jalen Johnson on the. Uh... And what was incredible about that play, guys? If you were if you went back and watched Tolton post game, um, that that play, Jalen Johnson was the primary receiver on that play. That was the play called, and he saw him open, but he got pressure and had to scramble and started the run. And he looked up again to see if Jalen was open, and he was still wide open, so he threw it. Um, but that was actually the called play, and he was the primary receiver on that play, even though it looked like a you know, a scramble drill. That that was the play that was called.
1: Interesting. Interesting. And guys, thinking about Holton, man, this he nobody needs a break more than him. I mean, his body is, is just banged up. There were reports that he has broken ribs. We we all know about the shoulder issues that he's been dealing with all year, but you could really see it yesterday when he was just trying to run. He's just not running like himself. You could tell he's beat up. So, uh, you know, having a chance here for a few weeks to really rest up his body, no contact whatsoever is going to be huge for him because, you know, when he's healthy and he's able to make athletic plays with his feet, he brings a whole nother dimension to the offense.
0: Did you notice
1: his left hand?
0: I mean, that, that throwing hand, he had a glove on it yesterday and it came out in the post game. Holton said um, when, when talking to, to Jeff Charles in the postgame, I believe it was, on the on the Playfly Sports Network, he, he was just saying that obviously not much was made of that pregame, but the reason he had that glove on his hand, um, you know, he had some type of uh, fracture in one of his fingers, and so he's, he was just – Saying exactly what you're saying. Not only did he have that, but the shoulder deal, and he's beat up in so many ways. But uh, battling through it and still putting that type of performance uh, on the on the field, uh, throwing for over 300 yards despite those things.
2: And for actually in your throwing hand it seems like it would make gripping the ball
0: very difficult. Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's one of the reasons he he had that why he had that glove. Um, Was it like a compression glove? What kind of glove was it? Fortunately, it was. I don't know if it was a cold weather glove, but uh, fortunately, we didn't have any really bad um, Philadelphia weather yesterday. It was not nearly what it could have been in in 2014. I bet it was a
3: compression glove. 54 degrees is what I think, right?
0: Yeah, it was something along those lines. It was uh, very similar to what it was the previous weekend in, in Greenville, I think. Well, I asked
2: it's... I asked Alexa last night. I asked her what the high was, the average high in Boston uh, at Christmas, just because you're close enough. And she claimed forty nine degrees. I think Alexa's full of crap.
3: That's average, right, Matt? Yeah, I don't
2: I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, just depends on the time of the day. I mean, you know, like that bowl game is an eleven AM start, yeah, I want to like say seventeen degrees. Yeah, I mean, you you probably at the high at the absolute highest, you're probably like low 40s at that point, which wouldn't be a bad thing. No way at 11 a.m. in Boston, low 40s. I, I'm saying at the at like no, best, end of the game. best case scenario, best I'll, case scenario. Yeah, yeah I it's think the that, wind though the wind is really what gets you in the Northeast when that wind's swirling, it yeah. makes it very tough to on the quarterbacks and also the kickers.
2: If it's, if it's 40, and maybe there'll be a warm front, but if it's 40 some degrees at 11 a.m. in Boston on December 16th, I'll i I'll, I'll buy you a nice Christmas present, Matt. What would you like?
3: All right, let's check with a meteorologist to see if I can
2: <laughs> take like can... a bottle of Kraken rum, Kyle. You know, all right, can... sounds, all right, sounds good. I can handle that,
3: guys. Um, Bubba, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, Matt, you brought it up, and that was one of the things before I forget. Injury wise, uh, you brought up Holton. Um, that was one of the things I was going to ask about going in between now and the bowl game uh, off the, uh, what about Stringer? There were some other guys I thought about yesterday. Yep. Can y'all yep. uh, talk about that?
0: Yeah. You had Marlin gun. Um, somehow I missed that. I you know, I was watching the game, but I must've been maybe when I got a phone call or something perhaps, but um, some, somehow I had missed that. I know he had three catches and just, uh, I think sort of when
2: thing. he went out, Bubba, I don't really think it looked like he went
0: out unless I unless I missed it too.
2: I think he took a it, hit and I think he left the field on his own. He just never came back.
0: That's the reason. I just um that's probably the reason I thought that then. I thought it was probably just a matter of the hot hand with Keaton and um you know, you got him some touches in the passing game. But um I figured, you know, Keaton Mitchell had twenty seven carries yesterday. That was had to be fairly close, maybe his second most of the season. Um, I think one game he may have top 30. But uh, so you got Marlon Gunn, has that leg injury. He's a little beat up. And then you mentioned Gerard Stringer. He did not play yesterday, which was a real um, hurtful loss. And second leading tackle on the team, 63 tackles, uh, five and a half or six tackles for loss. And just the energy he brings, and you know, he really lays the wood to people and, um, and, and it really – Showed up tremendously. I know he had played against Houston when we got picked apart, but um, clearly we're we're a much better defense with Gerard Stringer on the field. And uh, other than that, uh, I mean, Coach Houston didn't really say anything specifically. Hickman. Hickman. Yeah, you had Manny Hickman. Um, I'm sure a lot of it's probably not serious injuries, but just the typical bruises and just being beat up after playing 12 games.
2: And very physical, very physical football. We play
0: very intense. And
2: I think that's a part of the problem with the defense the last couple weeks is well, first of all, give credit to Houston and Temple, particularly Houston. They got a good offense and Temple's got a good quarterback. But what we do defensively and offensively with Coach Houston's coaching style and and Blake Harrell, et cetera, we rely so much on intensity. And if we're not bringing the intensity 100%, it's going to show up. And We haven't looked like the same defense since the Cincinnati game. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get some guys uh, mentally motivated and some guys that are banged up, uh, back healthy. Um, I Coach Houston today, apparently on the coach's show, said he would like an ACC or SEC opponent. So, uh, evidently, he thinks that will help motivate the team. Um, So, maybe we'll – this defense has played well at times. Granted, you know, we are much better against the run than the pass, but there is – there's times we defended the pass well, um, the last couple of weeks, and particularly against Temple, them throwing over 500 yards on us yesterday. I, I don't, I didn't see that coming. I, I thought, I really thought that game yesterday was going to be something like a 32-24 type ball game. I did not expect either team to score as many points as
0: they did. And since you brought that topic up, Kyle, uh, of the pass defense, I know Matt was making some comments off air, and prior to the show beginning and he'd gone back and had a chance to watch some of the the defensive effort yesterday. So, so Matt, uh, going back and looking at things, what were some of those things that stood out? Because to be honest with you, you know, after what we saw against Houston and knowing what EJ Warner had done to Houston. Um, and I I really felt as though we, we may be in for a long day and may need to score a lot of points, not necessarily 49 or, but, um, (laughs) Yeah, But I, I had my doubts as to whether we'd be able to slow him down very much.
1: Right. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because, I, I, guys, I wanted to go back and 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 just watch and focus on the defense um, because, you know, you listen to – you read the papers, you listen to all the post-game shows, and it's, you know, the defense got, got carved up, right, which is the obvious. But, you know, you want to go back and see, all right, why did we get carved up? What was the reason for it? And, th- and there were a lot of things that happened yesterday. First of all, you got to give credit to Warner. For a freshman, that kid is highly advanced, his ability to read defenses. Oh, yeah. Um, he gets the ball out quickly. He's smart. He He's very good at reading defenses for, for a freshman. I mean, uh, you know, which is very unusual for somebody his age. But Temple had a, a game plan to get the ball out quickly. If you look at what we were doing on defense, we're playing a shell defense. It, you know, just a very soft defense. Your corners are – anywhere from eight to 12 yards off your two safeties who yesterday were Teagan Wilk and Julius Wood were typically about 10 to 12 yards off. Okay. So Temple was just basically running three man routes, um, essentially trying to work the hooks, the hitches, the underneath stuff. All right. And we were so soft. It didn't allow our pass rush to get home. So the combination of not being able to get a pass rush and then playing so soft in the secondary, they were just able to pick you apart underneath. So, you know, I'm talking wide open receivers and we really struggled to find anything that worked. Um, and we really never made an adjustment. And that was my biggest issue with it. Um, I'm a huge fan of Blake Harrell. You guys know, you listen to me on this show. I don't think anybody gives more credit, you know, to Blake Harold than, than I do yesterday was not his day. Um, Temple has a really good scheme. They have a good play caller and they were just a step ahead all day. And Warner was able to get the ball out quick and it's just, it was just a bad matchup for us. You know, we played terribly in the secondary, but just scheme wise, we're really good at stopping the run. And Temple just said, you know, they essentially just abandoned the run. They were just going to throw the ball and try to beat us through the air. And, and they were able to do it. They gave us major problems. So there's a lot to correct guys, um a lot to correct and i'm just hoping we can you know in our bowl preparation in a bowl game i'm hoping we can get our corners up a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage try to get a jam on these receivers make it a little more difficult for them to get the quarterback out of the rhythm at least um because yesterday was just too easy
2: what uh what did you see on that last defensive possession where we held them to a and out where Our corners of safety seem to be playing a lot tighter and getting to the ball, separating the ball, making big hits. Was it just us playing more intense? Was it EJ just, you know, playing, looking like a freshman all of a sudden in a freshman situation? Because all of a sudden we could play defense on that last possession.
1: Yeah, we did look more intense. We looked like we were playing faster. Our safeties were coming up. You saw Teagan Wilk twice come up and place a pretty big hit. Uh, I believe it was the tight end. Uh, to kind of jar the ball loose. So I think so much of it, guys, and like you said earlier, I think it was you, Kyle, like so much of what we do is predicated on just playing as hard as possible with intensity. And, and they did look a step faster late in that game with the game on the line.
3: I was going to ask also, guys, what about Big John with the conditioning? I, I think our one of the things it that's what's frustrating about last week's game, um, with Houston was that I, I feel like with this week, uh, we were definitely more conditioned. We were better conditioned than Temple. Did you guys see that, or would it just seemed like that uh, there towards the end we were we were more, we were fresher? I don't know. Maybe I'm off on that.
2: I, I don't know. They couldn't stop us all day, and we had the ball last. Well, that's technically. I guess technically they got the ball back with a minute eleven to go and one time Um I, I, I think we're well conditioned. I, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't know. I, it didn't stand out to me that we were so much more better conditioned than Temple yesterday but we are well conditioned. I think John Williams does a good job and um, Jeff Connors did a great job too, as strength conditioning coach, but uh, John Williams is such a different personality. You know, Jeff Connors was, he loved, he loved being in limelight and talking where John is such a quiet behind the scenes guy that you don't even really think about him, but we are a very well conditioned football team.
3: And uh, by the way, guys, uh, people, yes, uh, E.J. Warner is Kurt Warner's son. And I think that that was one of the things is that, guys, one of the things I want to mention too is the fact that I think a lot of our fan base, we didn't on the show. So let me uh, make it very clear. But a lot of our fan base thought the Temple was the Temple at the beginning of the year and that why do we struggle against Temple? Now, I'm not saying that make excuses, but the fact of the matter is this Temple team, as we said on the show in the preview, is a lot better on the second half of the year than they were the first half of the year. This team is growing. They've got a good coaching staff. You got a kid like Warner who's young, a freshman. Warner's the
2: difference maker. I mean, it really he really is. Once they started playing him, they've been a completely different football team and uh, have, have, you know, won some games but lost a lot of close games. Lost to Houston. Lost to Navy in overtime. Uh, lost to Houston by uh, less than a touch. And it really had the ball, almost came back and won it anyway. It just ran out of time. They got it back down to the 30. Um, they almost beat Houston. And then – uh like I said, lost the Navy in overtime. There's been some other close losses, but once they started playing EJ, um, and you got to wonder with him being Kurt Warner's kid. I believe he's a believe he's I believe he's Arizona. Is that where he grew up?
1: Yeah, I saw that. You so see. you,
2: you got to wonder if he'll be hitting the transfer portal because just his that name recognition and what he done as a freshman. Um, he he he's.
1: I think uh, if he finishes his career at Temple, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I'll tell you guys. Like, just going back, you know, as bad as we played, and we played very bad on defense. Make no mistake, but they do have a really advanced scheme there. Attempt they do some really nice things. I was impressed with one of those things that they would do, and they did it probably three or four times. They would leak or flare their running backs out, which would draw our middle linebackers out, which creates a, 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 a you know vacates that the middle of the field. And then they would have the tight end delay. So they'd, they'd vacate the middle of the field, field by flaring their running backs. The tight end would delay and then leak out at the last second, wide open in the middle of the field. They did some really good stuff that I was impressed with. And, and like I said, Warner, for his age, very advanced, very advanced quarterback. So the future is bright there for him. Um, now, I thought we made it way too easy. Um, and did not play well, but you got to give some credit. You know, I'm trying to be a little optimistic here. Just give a little some credit credit to Temple because they do have you know a good scheme.
2: Yeah, it was funny last week after the uh, Houston game when uh, we scored three points against Houston, which was unexcusable. Everybody was you know talking about firing Donnie. Um, I haven't seen as many posts about firing Donnie after you put up 49 yesterday. Uh, so, in fact, didn't Donnie make a sarcastic tweet about about yes. uh being fired,
0: Bubba?
3: Yeah, that was really that was really funny.
0: That was from some uh that was from some fake account, but uh I didn't I didn't check Donnie's official account, but yeah, there there was something from a, a fictional account. Uh, it was underneath Coach Houston tweeted a picture of uh of his home with the, the purple lights and just saying it was a great day to be a pirate, you know, something along those lines. And then that fictional account posted uh, posted something rather humorous there,
3: like I had to get a drink before I know you're going to fire me or something like that. The, my wife just informed
2: me that Big Game Boomer had Keaton Mitchell as their, as their top performing running back of the week for whatever that's worth. But uh, if you uh, if you give a crap about Big Game Big Game Boomer and their and their Twitter account, which I don't, um, because of their suggestion for who has the top ECU podcast. Um, that changes ah. like
3: the wind, so it's okay. Do what now? That changes like the wind, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: but uh, anyway, they had Keaton Mitchell as their top running back of the week. So uh, hey. good for him to get some recognition no matter who it's
1: from. Guys, one thing I just want to point out about this show, we've never, that I can recall, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think anybody on this show one time this season has called for any coach to be fired. No. Um, no. we What I like about this show is we can be very critical at times, we're also very fair, you know, like the Blake Harrell situation is an example. We we sing his praises constantly, and he does a great job. Last few weeks, not so much. So it's fair, but you can be critical without calling for a coach's head, and I don't think we've ever done that once this year. So, Donnie, if you're listening, we've been critical, but yep. we've never called for your head. Hey, we'll no. have a
3: drink. we'll have a drink with you, but it won't be because we're going to fire you or want
2: you. No, I, I like Donnie. I, you know. I don't think the game's passed him by. I'm fine with him continuing on as OC As you know, a lot of people may disagree with that and want to change, and I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think I think Donnie uh, and Coach Houston have a good relationship, and you know, um, quite frankly, if you look at our offensive numbers here this year, they've been pretty good.
3: So I yeah. mean, Donnie's you know. not the problem. Donnie's not the problem, and uh, that's one of the things, guys. I want to mention too is the fact that. Our fan base, I know that we've talked about this. um, I will
2: say this, Dave. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I will say this. I I would like to see us bring in a quarterbacks coach. Um, I don't know that Donnie's the best at developing quarterbacks. Um, I would like to see us uh, bring in a quarterbacks coach. Um, I think that could help Donnie out a lot.
3: Yeah, so uh, for me personally, I was going to say that uh, this fan base, uh, again, is so critical um, to the point of, not only firing the coaches, you brought that up. I'm glad you said that, Matt, but the fact of uh, you look at this and we were obviously upset that we want to go 12-0, um, 13-0, 14-0 with a big bowl game, right, and maybe a playoff one day. But considering where this program was, you look at the fact that when Mike Houston took this program, we talked about that agnosium, but the reason I brought that up is the fact that, yes, we, we're we gra- grateful this fan base cares uh, because that's awesome, but at the same time, if you look at it, um, you would think after yesterday that we lost the game. We won the game, and we are two back-to-back for the first time since 2014. Think about that. If you're a f- in the fan base, 2014 is the last time we had a back-to-back winning seasons. That's unheard of in Pirate history. We had six straight losing seasons. And to me, the, the fact that the last two seasons we could have 15 wins, if we win the bowl game, we, we would have 15 wins. Let's focus on that.
2: Well, I think it's some of the fan base. It's not all the fan base. No, you're no, always no. going to have yeah. a negative part of the fan base. Yeah,
3: yeah. I just wish that they would. Uh, they would lighten up with the fact that you. Would, it feels like that we're getting ready to be hopefully eight and five. It feels like we're four and eight right now. I, I don't. I don't. I don't feel that,
2: dude. I think you're. I think you're letting the negative people get to you too much. Don't pay them any attention. Um, I think it's okay to be disappointed with the defense performance yesterday, but you should be damn happy with the offense performance. I think yes. it's okay to think we should have won at least eight games or nine games this year. I think we should have. I think seven seven yes. wins was, was a bit of an underperformance. But it still, you know, it's, you, you still celebrate it. It's still seven wins. It's a winning season. Back-to-back winning season, like you said, for the first time, it's 13, 14. And a chance to win eight games. And as I pointed out, uh, we've won eight games exactly seven times in the last 22 years, eight games or more. Yeah, th- seven times in the last twenty-two years, and we've won exactly uh, three bowl games, four bowl. You'll see: sure. Furniture Bowl, Hawaii Bowl, and St. Pete Bowl in the last twenty-two years.
0: The eight-win seasons came in a, they came in consecutive years from 07 to 09, where we won eight, nine, nine, and then from '12 to '14, where we won eight, ten, eight. Yeah,
2: and I'm including two thousand in that. Yeah, I'm in two thousand,
0: we we of course went eight and four.
2: So, it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's still a, a, you know, seven wins is a good it's Well, it's hitting it's, it's, it's in the right direction. And to me, I always look, to me, a special season at East Carolina is eight wins or more, and we have a chance to do that. Um, we have a chance to win eight. We have a chance to win a bowl game. And uh, it could end up feeling very much like the Hawaii Bowl year. The, you know, the Hawaii Bowl year, we came so close to winning the Conference USA Championship. But then you beat Boise State in the Hawaii Bowl, and everybody remembers the 07 season, the Hawaii Bowl, and look at it as a great season. When the fact is, you know, uh, we should have won the conference championship. So it could be a very similar thing if we go out and, and win our bowl game.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. I'm sorry to cut you off, Bubba, but what I would like to see, guys, is obviously get that eighth win. That goes without saying. But I want to see our defense right the ship. I don't like the current trend right now we're seeing defensively. Um, I want to see the defense right the ship. So we'll have an opportunity. We have a chance to get healthy here. I think that's a big part of it. Kind of take a step away from the game for a few weeks, get yourself rejuvenated uh, mentally, and uh, and write the ship because this is not this type of defense is not what we've seen throughout the course of the year. And I and listen, that's not even controversial. Mike Houston will tell you that uh, Blake Harrell, I'm sure, is disgusted by it. I'm sure the players are too. So, uh, let's hope we can get that done.
2: And you guys, everybody's got to remember, you know, and, and most of you probably realize this, Matt Semenza played linebacker for East Carolina from 95 through 97. And so, you know, defense is, is his forte, his cup of tea and, uh, his expertise. So, um, bad defense performance is going to get on Matt's nerves more so than the average fan, even though he won, all he can think about is the defense. So, uh, you know, people got to remember where Matt's coming from uh, when, he, when he's saying what he's saying.
3: Yeah, and no, obviously I think that that's uh, what will help this team is we've, the running game is there, guys. We've got the running game, definitely. Um, stepping up on the defense, when we know that we have a lot of offensive weapons and hopefully a lot of those guys that can come back, they're not graduating, that we'll have them where we can keep building this program beyond the bowl game.
2: Yeah, you, you 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 know you we got a bunch of young players, and the bowl game is another opportunity that you talk about. That's something we haven't even addressed: is practice. We get bowl practice. Uh, yeah, get a cool lot thing. of young players from work. I think you get a lot of seniors some rest. Um, you 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 you're going to jump into it if it's if it's uh, if it is the Fenway Bowl um, or the Myrtle Beach Bowl for that matter. You're going to jump into it right away because those bowl games are coming up in a hurry. You're talking about the 16th and I believe the uh, 18th or 19th. Um, so those, uh, those two ball games will be here in a hurry. So, uh, he said he's going to get the team off this week. So, uh, but we're going to jump into bowl prep. It's one of those two bowls, uh, starting next weekend.
0: Yeah. We talked about the individual effort of Keith Mitchell, also Holton, uh, but Isaiah Winstead, I mean, coming in from Toledo, you know, he really you know, had the makings of being the number one guy. And, you know, he's, he's been just that, um, you know, 82 receptions, a little over 1,000 yards now. He surpassed that 1,000-yard mark yesterday, uh, had seven catches for a little over 60 yards. Um, so you know, going into the year where you you really need some guys to step up um, with the loss of a Tyler Sneed, Audio Matosho, etc., cetera, and uh, with the uncertainty of uh, C.J. Johnson, who's also had a heck of a year and just, I think, about 65 or 70 yards away from 1,000 yards himself. Uh, What a year for Zay Winstead.
2: Yeah, Winstead's done a good job transferring him from Toledo. Um, uh, Had a couple of big catches yesterday. Hadn't shown out in a few weeks, but had a couple of big catches yesterday. So really appreciative for what he's done for the football team this year. Um, Jalen Johnson dealt with injuries in the spring, then dealt with injuries again during the season. He had high expectations. Good to see him back on the field these last couple games and, you know, made the biggest catch of the game uh yesterday so uh you know when we need Jalen to produce next year so uh I think he has the ability he just needs to stay healthy
1: yeah you know wh- hey what a difference the portal made for us fellows. when you really take a look at it Like, you know picking up grad transfers like Winstead you know yesterday's a perfect example look at some of the guys we brought in Jalen Johnson you know Winstead obviously Justin Red, a full-time starter on the line a grad transfer and You know, we didn't really talk much about the offensive line who did a really nice job in a bounce back game yesterday blocking for Keaton. As good as Keaton was, he had some pretty big holes to run through. Um, But, yeah, to your guys' point, I mean, that's something we need to try to do. You're not always going to hit on those guys like we did on Winstead, but we need to try to get four or five of those guys every year, impact players that can just come right in and, and just, you know, contribute immediately.
2: Houston does a good job, actually. If you look at the guys he took from the portal, pretty much every one of them um, And he did that to James Madison. Uh, because you, at that time, you, know, you could only transfer from FBS to FCS without sitting out. And he did a hell of a job getting FBS players and getting the right ones to come to JMU. So uh, that's something Houston is really good at, is evaluating transfers and find out who's going to be a good fit for the locker room, et cetera. Um, so uh, do you guys want to touch on um, – uh, I don't. I, I'm, how can I put it without saying it? Uh, do you guys want to touch on anything about a tight end, or we just want to leave that alone? Uh, we'll.
0: Uh, uh, I'd love to
3: hear it. Yeah. No. Bubba, it
0: is, nah, just. Um, we'll leave it alone for now. Say what? As you we'll just leave it alone for now. Yeah. Um, we we've had a lot of comments. Uh, talking about um, the bowl projections and desired um, bowl destinations, as well as opponents. Um, You know, Diane Pons chiming in, have you guys discussed the bowl projections yet? And then other folks on saying potential matchups. And Jimmy Evans says ECU will be playing uh, Syracuse, not in in the Fenway bowl, but in the military bowl. And uh, he he said he's uh, confirmed that through a person in the know. So.
2: So, so, so the John, John Gilbert just been told you're not going to get your way. We're going to the military bowl. Well, okay. okay. Um, that will be interesting to see.
3: That would be good for those of us that I took the week off after Christmas, not because apps because of the bowl, but, uh, so I could spend time. I, I can bring my kids to the bowl game and, uh, Matt, that'll be a kind of like a midway point for all of us, right? Where we can all meet in the middle, so to speak, kind of.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I I don't. I don't see how you blatantly say we're not going to the. You know, we don't want to go somewhere, and then it just to me that makes Gilbert like an idiot. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe uh, Jimmy's got some good information there. Um,
3: But if if the conference tells you you're going there, I mean, what you can turn it down, like we said, but that might be we might go to a lesser bowl, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think you definitely would at that point. I think you probably end up in the Cure Bowl or something like that, but. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I go back to, I use the analogy of, and I, and I use it in reverse, but I use it right. Let's say I said, I don't want to come to your party, Dave. Your, your New Year's Eve party you're having in this fictitious oh, world. world. I, I don't want to come to your party. I got other plans. I don't want to come to your party. Quit asking me. And then you continue to, you're not going to invite me. You're not going to continue to invite me. And that's what we've done. We said, we don't want to come to your party. So if you invite somebody after they said they don't want to come, that's a really strange thing to do. So, I mean, cool. maybe maybe they do. Maybe they just really want us because they think we'll travel well. But I, I, I'm, I have no problem if, if the military ball versus Fenway ball, I'm not going to get either one of them. Um, military ball certainly travel-wise would be great. But uh, I, unfortunately, that's chemo week for me, so I wouldn't be able to go. And um, I'm not going to Boston. So, either way, I'm not going to be at either one of them. So, it don't matter to me.
3: I, I, I just, my thing is, I, I feel like it's going to be a Matt's way in the Fenway Bowl. I know, Diane, there's a lot of people that are watching and listening to the show that won't. And I would prefer Myrtle Beach because that's the closest. Me too. Um, but Boca Raton, uh, the Boca Bowl would be warm. Um, I want a warm bowl, but um, I just have a feeling because I want the warm bowl, it'll be the opposite. Uh, <laughs> in Georgia,
2: Georgia Southern and Myrtle Beach could be fun. Um, I don't, I, you, you do wonder how fired up the team would get to, to about playing Georgia Southern. I was hoping App could beat Georgia Southern last night because an East Carolina app matchup would oh fire God. up the fan base and would have fired up the um the uh the players. It, it's interesting, and Bubba, you, you can touch on this um um I was under the impression that if there wasn't enough bowl teams, that any six and six school, despite playing two FCS, took precedence over the APR five and seven That's true, right? No, according to what me and Bubba are hearing. Um, even though there's only 79 bowl eligible teams now, if Buffalo wins this Friday night, 80 and there's 82 spots that app would not, even with six and six or two FCS wins five and seven teams with high PR would take precedence over app. Is that what you're hearing Bubba? Bubba must not be at his computer right. right now, but uh, Bubba's got inside sources at apps. So the reason I asked for Bubba's uh, that's, that's what he was be- being told. So, Otherwise, app would know they're going to a bowl right now. Um, so it looks like, uh, which is ridiculous to me. Um, I'd rather see a six and six school with two FCS wins get a bowl bid over a five and seven school that has a high APR. And then you, you also, how about the NCAA go ahead and waive James Madison's appeal? Uh, they won seven or eight ball games, and I'm going to get to go to a bowl because it's their first year in FBS. That is the stupidest rule,
3: especially I, when it's not enough teams.
2: Yeah, you transfer up that from FCS to FBS and you get bowl eligible. Why the hell should you be penalized for that? Um, it doesn't make any sense. And there's not yeah. enough teams now. So instead of having a, I believe it's an eight win James Madison team and a bowl, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have uh, it, it, as few as two, as many as three, five and seven teams in bowl games, which is just just idiotic. When there's a six and six
1: team and an eight win football team sitting at home, it's completely idiotic. Well the NCAA guys continues to be the worst run organization in, in America. And it's just it's almost a joke. The NCAA <clears throat> has really become an absolute joke, in my opinion. And they just can't get out of their own way. And that's just that's just the latest example of many. And I agree. There's no I, I, reason for it. You're either division you're either you're either in this division or, or you're not. Yeah. So so what do you what are you penalizing guys for? I, I mean,
3: heard that the and the rationale, which is stupid. I think we talked about this on a previous show. Is NCAA their justification for it is they don't want a James Madison to come up to FBS and go back down to FCS? Why would they do that? They well, made, it's, an, they antiquated like it's an antiquated role. It's an
2: antiquated role. Um, it, it it there there was a time where you could have maybe seen something like that happen, but that's not going to happen in today's game. It, it's antiquated. You get rid of it. What you know, James Madison filed for a waiver. Give it to them. I mean, at this point, there's not enough bowl-eligible teams. So instead of us having to watch five and seven football teams playing a couple bowls, let James Madison go to a bowl and let six and six with two FCS wins at State go to a bowl. It makes a lot more sense. It's a lot more appealing than five and seven football teams. And I think APR scores deciding if you get to go to a bowl is utterly ridiculous. I mean, who gives a damn?
3: Well, obviously, the, <laughs> and, and notice every time, and guys, we'll uh, move on after this. But notice every time that NCAA wants to try to look like that. They're that they always say oh, academics, the student athlete, the student athlete. They always bring that in ads and administrators. They always say we're trying to protect. Well, I, I think
2: Rice finished five and seven, so I'm assuming their APRs through the roof. So you're going to get Rice in a bowl, I guess. And uh, I don't know who else would be. Uh, that's curious. That's curious information to look up.
3: Um, but that just, that's, uh, <laughs> Jay says, sec cares. They care about academics. Okay. All right. I'll leave that one alone. But, uh, anyway, that let's talk about what's up, Sean Richardson. He's in the house. Appreciate, appreciate doing, uh very mu- much. Um, but where do you guys, if you had a, if you're the AD, where would you want to go? I know Cal almost um, the best matchup possible. Well, well
2: our AD wants, if RAD wants mid, it wants up anyway. So we know the answer to that. So if, if, if I'm the AD, I want Myrtle Beach because it's close to the strip for the fans. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know how the players feel. I don't know. I don't know why the players want to go to Boston just to play an ACC opponent, I guess. I'd want Myrtle Beach. Um, I could see the appeal of, of Boston. Um, I, I personally also still see the appeal of, uh, of Annapolis, although the, the team might not. Um, and then uh, Birmingham. A lot of people want to crap on the Birmingham Bowl, but uh, that's played in UAB's new stadium downtown. It's no longer played in Legion Field.
3: So they said they're going to play in there, by the way. I talked to Johnny. Say again, J.R. they are playing in Legion. Jr. Help me out. We were talking about that at the airport last night. Jr. Is the best, Johnny Robertson. I yeah. They we thought. See, we all thought that, and apparently something happened with the city. Uh, we were discussing that maybe Jay not-
2: you're telling me instead of playing that ball game in that nice new stadium downtown they're going to play it in Legion and and, oh my god Legion Field should be bulldozed that's awful.
3: Uh, I yeah hope, that, I hope that hope is that's ridiculous i hope that's not true but that's what we were discussing that we um last night at the airport when we are waiting for um for the Well, Pirates.
2: we need a confirmation on that if somebody can can figure out if that game's played at UAB stadium or if it's played still played at Legion uh But, you know, that's a ball possibility that's come up. Uh, Missouri would be the opponent that most projections are showing down there. Although, I will also say this. When you look at these bowl projections from College Football News and Yahoo Sports or CBS or whoever, half the
1: time they're just guessing. So, don't take too much in those projections. But I'll tell you guys, location aside for just one minute, I love the idea of playing Syracuse. I I just really like that idea for a lot of reasons. But – I just think in terms of a matchup, it's a really good matchup for, for, you know, you look at our skill set, you know, obviously we struggle against the pass. We're very good against the run. Syracuse conversely, they struggle to throw the ball. They're a very physical team on the line. They love to run it. And, and that quarterback is, he's the type of guy where he's just always looking to make plays with his feet. So I think that would be a fun matchup to watch just in terms of, you know, the opponent, um, I could care less if we play him in Boston, the military, whatever, but I am kind of – I'm kind of hoping we get Syracuse.
2: Yeah, I think Syracuse is is appealing not only because of the style of offense they play, but also from an old school East Carolina fan. And I say old school, I'm talking about from the 90s, but people obviously go back way further than that. We used to play Syracuse on a regular basis. So from from that standpoint – for East Carolina fans who have been around at least since the '90s, there's some history
3: there. Yeah, yeah. they're one of those schools. Like uh, uh, another one that comes to mind is Pitt uh, up your way. Yeah. I'm gonna give you some love of their mat. They they're uh, they're one. Um, I love uh, the idea of Louisville, but like Kyle, we were talking about, you don't know which Louisville you're going to get. So I'll give you credit, Kyle. You're right. They had yeah, a. Role if, if I'm
2: the military bowl, and 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 we really are just adamant, we're not going. I would try everything I could to get Cincinnati-Louisville in the Military Bowl. Um, That would be a great draw. It would excite Cincinnati fans because, you know, that used to be a robbery. It hadn't been played in a while. And um, I think Louisville fans, because Cincinnati has elevated themselves so much, would be excited about playing it. You got you know, it's just across the river from each other, but they haven't played in a while. So if you could get Cincinnati-Louisville in the Military Bowl, uh, that's what I would do if I was running that bowl game.
3: Yeah, I think Cincinnati-Louisville will be – a that would be an outstanding matchup. And, um, again, you know, like if you're looking to get away from East Carolina this year, um, then you're right, Kyle. Another thing is – you're talking about the proximity. I mean, that rivalry, you hadn't played to that. That would be a great thing, too, for um, – would you guys – it's not going to happen, but would you guys want to see something like an uh, ECU-Duke, ECU-NC State, ECU-Carolina? ECU-NC State,
2: ecu Carolina. For I State. To ECU, well, ECU Carolina not going to happen. ECU, NC State ain't gonna happen. ECU, Duke could happen. I won't. I don't want to play Wake Forest. Wake Forest passing game, but eat us up. Uh, I Duke's pretty good. Um, I wouldn't mind. Well, Dave just turned into Bubba for a minute. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't mind Duke so much. Um, if I think it would fire up our, our team, I think we'd come ready to play. Um, uh, yeah, a bowl game we haven't mentioned, guys. Um, is a bowl game we have some history in. Back in the seventies, uh, the Independence Bowl has the American this year. And uh, we what's supposed to be American against the Army. Army's not going to fill it, so it's American against the Sun Belt. Um, I, I think how old school would it be to see East Carolina Southern Miss in the uh, Independence Bowl? That, that that would be very nostalgic.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, Bubba just posted South Alabama. Bubba, yeah, an Bubba an ESPN, was that projected anywhere?
0: An ESPN projection had us playing South Alabama in the Independence Bowl. I That's just funny. don't think that Southern Miss is um, – as cool as that matchup would be from a nostalgia standpoint, I don't think it's six and six that they'll, they'll get that good of a bowl.
2: Probably not, but I don't know what the pecking order is because it would they just signed the independence bowl because army wasn't eligible. So I I don't know what the pecking order is for, for that. You, you you would think that the independence Bowl will go to the front of the line, but you know, those bowls that are already contracted to the Sun Belt. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I it could be South Alabama and in Independence. It could be. It, it'll definitely be somebody of of that from that region, South Alabama, Louisiana, the Raging Cajun, or or Southern Miss would be my guess as one of those three. Maybe Troy, Troy also um, could could end up in that bowl if they don't win the the conference championship game against Coastal. But uh, I believe if they win the conference championship, they'll they'll be in New Orleans. So I, I I'd like that. I wouldn't mind the independence. I don't want to play South Alabama. One because they're a good football team, and two nobody knows who the hell they are. So that's 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 not what you want. You don't want a football team that your your fan your your players aren't going to be excited about playing, and they're good. So they need to be excited about playing them. Um, that's my fear with South Alabama is not only would our fan base be like South Alabama, but our players would probably be have the same reaction. And they're a good football team.
1: They're they a well coached
2: football team. You know they and almost they got major off Applewhite is an offensive coordinator.
1: Uh, Kyle, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they almost knock off UCLA? Well,
2: they did. They they played a very well, close game they, against UCLA early
1: in the year. They sure did. And um, like I said, Major Applewhite's OC,
2: and uh, uh, they're a quality team. Um, unfortunately, just no name recognition. I
0: believe, let's see, go check the. I think something. they finished
2: eight and four. Yeah. And to your point, I do think, I think so.
0: I think, I think they won nine games.
1: Did they finish nine and three?
0: I'll I'll confirm that, but I think think they did.
1: And to your point, though, Kyle, I do see our team getting jacked up for a matchup with a Syracuse. Or let's say it was a Duke. You know, I'd love to see a Duke as well. Or Missouri.
0: Actually, 10 and two.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, 10 and two, South
2: Alabama, you, you probably don't want that matchup. Um, uh, because is, uh, will our fan, will, will, get our fans, will, will our players acknowledge how good they are? And probably not. Um, so, uh, that guy, uh, that guy's done a good job in South Alabama. It'll be interesting to see how long he stays there before he starts getting other job offers. Also major Applewhite is OC. It'll be interesting to see before he starts getting more job offers for OC jobs, other places. Um, so, um, that guy was the, uh, he was a defensive coordinator at Missouri, I think, when they hired him. I can't think of their head coach's name.
1: Not sure. Not sure.
2: I know he, he – um, I believe he was defensive coordinator at Missouri at the time when they hired him, whatever his name is. Um, but – so South uh, Alabama versus, versus ECU has been projected on –
1: Uh, Apparently ESPN, like I said, don't pay too much attention to those projections. Yeah, I would hate to see that. And like the thing is, too, like why it's so important for your team to be jacked up for the ball game is because, you know, you get several weeks of practice out of it. And, you know, you want to get the most out of it. You want to have your team engaged like into it mentally. So, you know, if you have an opponent like a Duke, you know, I think the guys would be sky high. You know, they'd be jacked up. They'd be excited. South Alabama, I agree. that that is not one that excites me at all, I don't think our team would be excited about it. No. Your head, I mean,
0: your head coach, Kyle, is Kane Womack.
2: Right. and Did he
0: come from Missouri? Am I right about that? Uh, I'll double check on that. That's, that sounds right.
2: But Whereas Southern Miss, the fan base would be interested, and you know, God knows at least Holton would understand the rivalry, and he could perhaps relay that message to the other players. He, Holton knows the East Carolina Southern Miss history. And uh, he could relay it to the other players where if it was USM in the Independence Bowl. But um, if it's not USM in the Independence, then um, I really don't want to go there. I have no interest in playing Louisiana in another bowl game um, and certainly no interest in South Alabama. Though I do think if we were motivated, we'd beat the crap out of Louisiana this time around.
0: And, Kyle, this is his second year there at South Al. Last yep. year he was 5-7 and seven. this year, 10-2. and two. Um, and he was the defensive
2: coordinator at Indiana. Indiana, that's right. I knew it was a Midwest School. Yes, he was coordinator at Indiana. Uh, and he's done a great job, and he will not be – you know, you, you, you wonder when he'll start getting offers from other programs because uh, you, you win 10 games your second year at South Alabama. People are going to notice that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Hey, let's just jump back to the military ball for a second. I mean, there's a, there's a few things, you know – I wanted to get your guys' take on, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the, the, you know, the fact that the players have kind of been there, done that, you know, you want the guys to get a good experience. You want them to see something new. Um, but the, how about the fact that, you know, Gilbert, it seems, and I, you know, I'm just kind of looking at this from the outside. It seems holds, holds a little grudge mm-hmm. for the way that whole situation went down with Boston mm-hmm. College last year. You know, you wonder from my standpoint, I lost all respect for Boston College, the way they handled that. You wonder how much the bowl knew versus the fact that, you know, Boston College just at the last minute decided to back out. You know, so so you wonder what is really behind it. Well, yeah, I I can guarantee you the the bowl game
2: didn't want it to be canceled. That cost them a lot of money. right? So uh, I I don't think that they probably had any more knowledge. I I, I don't see unless they were told it might happen and was just holding out hope and kept it hush-hush. Um, I don't blame the bowl game for what happened. Uh, if Gilbert does, maybe he knows something we don't. Um, I, I think it's more of – there's two there, there's two schools of thought to me when something like that happens. You can look at this unfinished business. We want to go back there and actually play the game and win it this time. Or you can look at it as it was such a negative experience. And that's that's my guess. Is the players have such a negative view of that bowl from going up there, doing the bowl week, and then not getting to play the game. It probably left such a bad taste in their mouth; they just don't want to do it again. And I totally get that. I mean, um, it, I, I, it, it, there's part of me that feels the same way. Um, just because it's just like it's just such a bad memory uh, to me. Not playing that bowl game was worse than losing any bowl game. I, I can confirm, not playing is worse than is is worse than losing. Uh, at least it was to me. So, I um. I get where Gilbert's coming from. Um, if he has any grudge towards the bowl personally, I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me without knowing anything. Because there's no one. The, the bowl lost a lot of money by it not being played.
0: Let's the Sunshine State on YouTube says, "I'll bet anyone a thousand dollars that we'll be going to the military bowl." And heard it last night from. In the administration, we will accept, and it'll be Wake Forest, or Syracuse. All right, um, the Sunshine
2: opponent. State. Uh, what's your real name? <laughs> what's your real name? If you post that on the screen, I'm not going to bet you thousand dollars, but I will bet you. I'll bet you hundred dollars. But we Only need your real, we get name. A real
0: name, though.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: But uh, you know, very quickly before we come back to this as well as also discuss the coaching carousel because you've had some hires taking place as well as some strong speculation <laughs> over the weekend. But um, something that we failed to mention when we were talking about the, the Temple game is right there. You know, We talked about how the Pirate defense rose to the occasion and got those stops on the final two possessions to give the offense a chance and then to win the game after the offense. Uh, Ron, so Ronnie Williams, that's what he posted? come through with the uh, with the, the big touchdown drive. But um, you know, Stan Drayton, first-year Temple coach, and I was very surprised that they had third and one, got stopped, and then elected to punt on fourth and one. Uh, just the flow of that game, I don't understand why you don't uh, you know, try to stick a dagger in us right there and, and go for it.
2: Well, I think he was playing field position and and thought, oh, well, clearly, he, yeah, could punt the ball and, and hold us from getting in the end zone because we needed and to get a touchdown. We didn't. We didn't just need three, but they hadn't stopped our offense really all day. Um, well, I, I'm with you. I, I would have went for it there, though, Bubba. I will say this: we have been pretty damn good stopping teams on fourth down this year, um, on fourth and ones. So maybe he knew that. Uh, maybe that came into the back of his head. Um, they hadn't ran the ball very much all day. Um, so if you stop them there, you, 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 you put us right in scoring position almost immediately.
0: So. Yeah. And also in his defense there, what he may have been thinking, uh, I know, um, you know, after going two and out on our first, excuse me, three and out on our first two possessions, our next six possessions, with the exception of when we missed the field goal, we had scored five touchdowns and six possessions. Uh, And then the only other time was that missed field goal, but then you had three possessions there in the third and fourth quarter where you had, I think it was three and outs. um, And then the other one, we had turned the ball over on down. So they had had some success of late stopping us. Um, So uh, that could, that could also be said, but I just felt um, is that rather than give the ball back to uh, a veteran quarterback and sure you don't want to give the ball to a veteran quarterback there at midfield, but um, you know with one yard, I think when you're three and eight, yes, you gotta, you gotta you gotta try to win the game right there.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking too. I mean, you're three and eight, you really have nothing to lose. You know, if I'm the coach in that spot. Well, first of all, thank you, Stan Drayton. Thank you, yeah, Stan Drayton. You know, uh we appreciate that gift. Because uh, it really was a gift. I mean, I I don't know how you don't go for it in that spot. Um the three and eight team. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead.
3: No, I was just gonna add to the fact I think that they were afraid that we would stop them and then we get the short field. They played field position, I think. I don't I don't think that decision on his part because we had to
2: clearly a bad
3: decision. (laughs) No, I'm saying I'm saying in that in that moment because you could have, like, failed as well.
2: Well, I'm kind of – I get what you're saying, Dave, but I'm I'm kind of more in line with Matt and Bubba because they were 3-8. and You have a chance to put a team away, and you're 3-8. and So, if you don't get it, um, we still have to score, and it ain't like you're playing for ball eligibility. So, yeah. Put that back on the screen. I get a chance to read that. yeah yeah sunshine state whatever your name is i I, I get so sick of people that want to always you know um bother me but yeah i'll take the bet dude i'll take the bet i got i got extra hundred bucks um hope you do because you'll be paying me so yeah i'll take the bet uh you can hit me up here on facebook and pay me through facebook or i have paypal uh, by the way, if anybody wants to send me money, Atari Kyle, Atari underscore Kyle, hotmail.com on PayPal, if you want to send me some money, feel free. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll be glad to gladly take your bet. Um, no, no, not 1,000, not 1,000, 100, bro. Not not, not 1,000, 100. <laughs> um, if you want to pay me 1,000, we'll do 100 to 1,000 odd. That's fine. Um, but I'm, I'm not betting you 1,000. I'm not, I'm not doing a $1,000 bet, dude. So there you go. To me, you're backing out on the bet. Cause you know, I'm not going to accept a thousand dollar bet. So to me, that makes all your crap, just crap. It may all, all your claims of all these people you talk to it makes it look like crap. Cause I'm not taking that bet. You know, I'm not going to take that bet. So to me, you're backing
1: out now. You're waffling. Um, so back to the uh, temple game really quick and the whole standard situation to me, it's just a mindset guys. It's just a mindset. Like you have a chance to put a team away and you have one yard, right? I'm just taking that risk. I'm taking that risk, especially with the three and a team. not to sound repetitive, but I, I think he just, I think he got a little scared. He was afraid that, you know, Hey, maybe what if we don't get it? We give them the short field, but I'm as a coach, you know, sometimes you got to let it hang out, man. And, and and I'm taking that risk in a heartbeat, but you know, it backfired on him. And like I said, thank you, Stan Drayton.
2: No. And, and we went, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Ninety-two yards. I, where do we start to drive at? The twelve, like at least ninety yards. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so yeah, I, think, I think eighty-eight yards.
0: Swimming, what he caught that punt on about the ten.
2: Yeah, so ninety yards, eighty-eight yards, something like that. It was a long damn drive. And um what's crazy about it is we finished the drive, and there was still a minute eleven left on the clock, which scared me a little bit. I don't yeah. know about you guys. So I was like, oh, it was a minute eleven left. They got one time out. I was like, I, I just pictured overtime. I was like, oh, I do not want to go to overtime. I just pictured them lining up to kick a field goal, and uh, that's kind of what I had in my head: is they were either going to make or miss a field goal, and we were going to get overtime or not. But uh, glad the defense stepped up and forced the four and out. Uh, that was that was that was incredible. Got me fired up at the end of the game. And my response, Bubba, were you like this? Were, were you like I can't believe we won? Yeah, that, that's kind of how I felt. I, I I really did not think we were going to win that ball game it,
0: it, it, in the fourth quarter. Once we got the ball back, I I liked our chances of going down and winning the game. My concern was uh, I did not think Coach Drayton was going to to punt the football. And even though we have been very successful in short-yarded situations, just the the way we were struggling to get off the field yesterday, I had my doubts as to whether we were going to get the stop there or not. Uh, But once we got the ball back, I liked our chances of going down and
3: getting the touchdown we needed. And guys, my my concern was that we would score to like just what happened. We scored, which obviously I'm happy with scored. but with the way Kurt uh, I was gonna say Kurt got E. J. Wonder. Was-
2: yeah, I don't know what happened. And just Dave like that, Spanish. Dave left the building. Yeah, Dave just <laughs> vanished. Yeah, I get what he's saying. Uh, which it concerned me too. We scored we scored so fast. Would we uh would would Temple come back and answer? And at least tie, and um, they did not. Uh, credit to our defense for stepping it up when they had to the most, and forcing that four and out, and get the ball back. Holton takes a knee. Uh, they don't even call their last time out, and we walk out of Philadelphia with the with the, uh, the victory. And Dave's back.
3: Sorry, Adam, that was a weird thing from our from Streamyard. So it just kicked me out for no reason. So sorry about that. Uh, apologize. Streamyard was sick yeah. of your crap, Dave.
1: Yeah, you, know, you know, guys, and, and, and thank God. <laughs> Craig's always good with a one liner. Dave was abducted by aliens right before us. That's right. Uh, but you know, They're guys, thank there. God, thank God, we got that win because yeah. if you end the season on three straight losses after, so so let's just kind of break this down for a second, right? You go back to the BYU game, right? You, you beat UCF, you beat by BYU. And by you the way, play-
2: by the way, Matt, BYU won their last three games, a w- a wins over Boise State and Stanford.
1: Yep. They look good last night, Kyle. I watched them. Uh, They look good. Um, So you have all the momentum in the world right after that game. And then you play Cincinnati tight, you lose, but you still, you're still on, you're still in really good shape as a program because there's no shame in losing at Cincinnati by two, even though you probably could have maybe should have won the game, but then you obviously have the, 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 the Houston debacle. So you had to write the ship. You had to get that win. And, you would have had, imagine going into bowl season and Mike Houston alluded uh, to to this as well in his uh, post-game presser going into the bowl season on three straight losses. Now you have a fan base that's disengaged. Everybody's pissed off the players, you know, maybe not as excited to be there. So the, the developments in the last, you know, three minutes of that game were, were, were massive. Yeah,
2: you're you're absolutely right. And he mentioned that he said, he, he said he would have been miserable all this week. He said he wouldn't have gotten any sleep. He said he would have made his wife miserable. Had they lost that game, and went the ball season six and six. So you're right; it guarantees us a winning season no matter what. Uh, so seventh win of the year gives you the opportunity to play for eight. You're on a one-game win streak versus three-game losing streak. Um, and you know, despite the defensive performance, the offense and the special teams, you know, righted the ship, if you will. And now you got some positive momentum to build off of, and the, and the mistakes that need to be corrected. Uh, it's a lot easier, and I would think from a player standpoint, to work on those mistakes that need to be corrected coming off of a win versus a loss, particularly when you're getting ready for a ball game. And and you you also matched last week last year's win total, so you're not going backwards. You at least match what you did last year with a more difficult schedule. That's right,
3: guys. We one of the things that's been big this week uh, over the last few weeks is obviously. The rumor mill when it comes to the the coaching carousel, and there's been so many, right, Bubba? I mean, there's been lots that we've heard, lots of rumors, lots of um, ones that we've uh, been talking about for weeks now.
0: Yeah, we'll start with uh, the one closest to home and most recent, um, Luke Fickle in Cincinnati. You know, with everything he's accomplished there in recent years, um, you know, he's been something that the coaching carousels and different job opportunities I mean, have had his name in the mix. I and mean, It seems as though um, you know, he's told the team there at Cincinnati that he will be moving on to University of Wisconsin to be their new head coach.
2: Yeah, um, probably a good time. He's done everything. You know, I kind of wondered if he would stay with them going to the Big 12, knowing that what he's built. But he knows they're probably going to take a step back going to the Big Twelve, um, so it's probably a good time to get out. Uh, he's done a lot there, and uh, yeah, we're talking about that right now, Robert. Uh, he, um, so I, I don't, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a good fit. He's a Midwest mm-hmm. guy, Ohio State. He plays physical football, Wisconsin. You know, that's what they're known for: running the ball, playing good defense. Uh, you know, so um, I think it's a good fit. I'm I get why he did it, and um, it'll be interesting to see if Cincinnati hires. I really I don't care that much since they're not in the league anymore, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. There's there's some speculation they may hire in-house. Um, you know, I, I'd be curious to know um, if we if, if they hired in-house, how much of that staff they could retain, and how much is he taking
1: with him to Wisconsin? I, yeah. I think he's going to take – if unless somebody gets the head coaching job obviously but the amount of money these guys are going to get at wisconsin i'm sure he's going to poach most of them and but to your point Kyle, i think it's a great fit i agree i think it's a great fit. i think i think fickle really wanted notre dame guys yeah, I, I think I that was, was kind of like that. his his dream job dave yeah. you know and and obviously marcus freeman got that last year but um you know, when you think about it, this is kind of like the next best thing, I think, for him. He's a Midwest guy. He's got those roots. Like you said, Kyle, physical. He loves to use the tight ends, loves to run the football. It's a perfect fit. I think he's going to do – as much as I dislike Fickle, something about Fickle really annoys me. Um, I think he'll do really well at Wisconsin.
2: Oh, it's the losing to him. That's what it is, man.
1: It's, but it's also something about his face and that dumb sweatshirt he likes that says team on it. <laughs> That team sweatshirt, that drives me you nuts. You know what I hate about
2: Cincinnati is when they bang the damn drum on the sideline. That gets on my nerves. That has nothing to do with Luke Fickle. But they bang the drum after they score a touchdown. And I want to take that damn drumstick and beat somebody in the head with it every time I see them banging the drum on the sideline. It drives me crazy.
3: And, and by the way, a point I was going to make earlier, and I was trying to resist it, but I'll make it anyway, is the fact that he said that, that com- the comment at his press conference that they truly don't believe that we were trying to take Keaton Mitchell out. Of course you were. Of course you were trying to take Keaton Mitchell out. I would respect the man more if he said that they were trying to take Keaton. Well,
2: Mitchell. I don't know if it was planned. I don't know if he said, hey, hey, kid, go take him out. Because he didn't know Keaton was going to be making that play there. He didn't know that the the pass was going to be going to Keaton Mitchell prior. But I believe that kid individually was trying to take Keaton Mitchell out. I don't think it came from Luke Fickle, because again, I, you know, how did he know that play was going to be called? But uh, I do think that kid individually
3: was trying to take him out. Well, I'm saying individual. I'm saying not necessarily that play, but if you take Keith Mitchell out, that's a big part of our offense,
0: right? If, if you think Luke Fickle or any coach is going to come out and say to say publicly
3: exactly. or or
0: otherwise for that matter, oh yeah, good. yeah. So oh, yeah. well, if you well, I told, if you I not told not her publicly make a comment like that, and uh, I got some front property. No, yeah, I know, you know that. I, I, it, I got yeah. you
2: know. I told our kids. I said that's some bitch is really fast, and if you take him out, we're gonna win this football game. So yeah, I put I, a, I put I, a, I put I a hit said, on him.
3: I said I don't respect him because he's lying his, he's lying his tail off. Well,
2: I, it, I, 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 I don't respect him if he if he if he did tell his players to try to take Luke out, but him lying about it is the only thing you can
3: do. Oh, he I, that. Do that. I understand that part. I'm just saying that he. I mean, it's ridiculous to go over there. What a clown! I mean, he's such a clown. I'm glad that. You know, he's, a he's a very
2: successful, successful clown. So well, I, I don't. I, I can't hate on somebody that whips our ass every time we play him. So, uh, uh you know he um he's a very successful clown. Uh,
3: maybe the both though. We, we did beat him his first year, but. Well, yeah, Scotty Montgomery I know I'm not I'm not bragging about it, but uh, anyway, let's move on because that. Let's there's, there, to-
2: there's other coaching changes. There's rumors in which I called this months ago, Bubba. As soon as the Georgia Tech job come open, I said they should hire Willie Fritz. Willie Fritz is at Tulane. Tulane academically is very similar to Georgia Tech, and Willie Fritz was also previously the head coach of Georgia Southern. To me, it's the perfect hire. I called it months ago, and it appears it might actually happen.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's Bruce Feldman or. Uh- Someone very reputable and put it out there that, uh, as, as far as that, he uh, said that you know, he, he's, been, he's there at the top of the list, and he, I think he may have even been interviewed. But, um, there's still other candidates there.
2: The OC from Alabama, I've yeah. heard he's, he's a candidate, yeah.
0: I- Coach O'Brien, that had been at Penn State and also, yeah, a coach in the NFL.
2: Yeah, he's a good coach, but I, I would I think Willie Chris is a perfect fit. Yeah, um, I um another another uh some some other movements in Conference USA. Obviously the South Florida job's open. Deion Sanders is rumored. Uh, Florida Atlantic job came open yesterday. They're coming to Conference or they're coming to the American uh, from Conference USA Florida Atlantic. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, that's a it's another school uh, that could have Dion on the short list. If I was Florida Atlantic I think the right hire for them, and it makes a lot of sense, and I imagine he's on their short list. Is Kendall Bryles. Kendall was the OC there under Lane Kiffin, so I could really see Kendall Brawls, current OC at Arkansas, being the next head coach at South Florida, or excuse me, Florida Atlantic. It makes a lot of sense because he was there um, under Lane Kiffin. So really, I'd, I'd look for I'd look for Kendall Bryles to go to the top of the Florida Atlantic head coaching list. Yeah, I saw that earlier. Philip Montgomery fired at Tulsa.
0: If I'm for, in Tulsa, uh, I'm. I'm going over to Arkansas, and I'm you know, considering that option as well.
2: Yeah, but I think you know where would you go? I, I think
0: well, Tulsa. Saying got some, that he wouldn't choose FAU, but. right?
2: Tulsa's got some academic issues that you have to deal with. It's a very small school, um, and he's been at Florida Atlantic. So, but yeah, that's also a guy I would consider if I was them. Um, I would also be looking at uh at um if I was Tulsa, I'd also be looking, giving a strong look to Garrett Riley. Um. Garrett was a name that was coming up a lot for the Colorado job initially. And here yes. lately he hasn't, man. But uh, Garrett Riley is somebody, if I was Tulsa, I'd give a strong look to. Any yeah. other jobs
1: open, guys? Philip Montgomery, by the way, really quick, guys. That guy, you know, he can coach. A can coach. He, you know, I, I thought he maximized the potential as much as he could at Tulsa. You know, that, right. that's a that's a job where you have an empty stadium every week you know, very little engagement from the fan base. A smaller school. I mean, yeah, you know, I thought he did some really good things there. I really, yeah, did. he had I'd some good things. I I'd like to see him in a spot where he's got. If he had elite talent, I think he could be a very successful head coach.
0: No or doubt in a program where he had support, not even necessarily elite talent, just some somewhere like a, like in East Carolina. You know, obviously we're not looking okay. at, but I'm just saying okay. just as an example. You know, somewhere that uh, has strong support. And, and,
2: and No, he's not a bad coach. And I'm a little surprised they fired him after they beat Houston last night. I honestly thought that yeah. was a good job. But uh, I think they were just tired of one year winning nine games and the next year winning four games. So, um, mm-hmm. but no, he's not a bad coach. Um, and I think they had some injuries this year too. So, uh, any other jobs open, guys?
3: We're talking about, uh, Dion Sanders, uh, Craig mentions to USF release USF fans considering the possibility. I think that's yeah. a slam dunk. I think that's a slam dunk hire. I really do. I think that, you know, you talk about a fan base they've had, you know, they haven't made the correct coaching hire in a, in a while. Um, so that's their first one. Yeah. So it looks like that, uh, they need to have something. I think the fan base is restless. Um, and I think the fan base wants, you know, you're in Tampa. What a great market. You're in a great state. You, we look at Deion Sanders. He could get a lot of four or five-star guys there. The attention to the media, season tickets. I mean, I can start naming.
2: Yeah, the, the upside is huge because, like you said, Deion Sanders' name recognition, the, the the city of Tampa would get excited. You'd have businesses probably getting involved with NIL deals. You, you, you'd probably be able to get some fundraising Perfect. going to build a stadium. You'd sell more season tickets, you'd get the big, you know, he'd, be, he'd be good for recruiting, he'd be good for the transfer portal. Um, my question for De- I don't really know how good of a coach Dion is. He's got a good staff at Jackson State. His he has FBS talent at Jackson State. That's when he got, when they went undefeated this year. Well, I would hope they'd go undefeated. He has FBS talent playing in the SWAT, okay? Think about that. He has FBS yeah. talent playing in the swat. So my question is, how good of a X as an O coach is he? It won't matter so much if he can run practice. If you know how to run practice and you hire good assistants, you, you, you can just be a CEO. Um, so that, that's that, that's that'll be key. See how he can do at the next level. Um, but initially, it would create a lot of excitement for South Florida. I would totally
1: understand the hire and the rumor about Deonta Colorado, yeah. that is like as good of a fit as Tampa is for him. Colorado, that is bizarre, man. There's no way not that is Yacht. not that would that that is just a bad matchup. And yeah. by the way I don't way, see guys, that happening.
3: Yeah, I wanted to mention my my prediction way, way back. Uh what about Matt Roll to Nebraska? I called that way, way, way back. Not that yeah,
2: I, 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 I thought that was a good fit. Um Matt Rule's a great coach. Uh I it was amazing to me to see um on, on Pirate Radio's Facebook page, they posted about it. And the Carolina Panthers fans going, Good luck. Uh yeah, he sucks, blah, blah, blah. Okay, he sucks in the NFL, but he's a hell of a college coach. There's a yeah. lot. It does Steve Spurrier sucked in the NFL. Lord Sabin, Nick himself sucked in the NFL uh Lou Holt sucked in the NFL. Spurrier. It, it, Steve Spurrier. Yeah, Steve Spurrier, I said that. It, it just oh, doesn't, it just doesn't always there's it's very few Pete Carroll probably the exception to the rule where the college game transferred well to the league. Um it normally don't. Uh, he's a hell of a college coach though. What he did at Temple and what he did at Baylor, particularly when Baylor was in complete turmoil is incredible. Uh he'll do good at Nebraska. He'll he'll it'll take him a couple years, but he'll he'll turn that program around to I won't say what they used to be, but he'll have them as a contender in the Big Ten.
0: Now, going back very quickly, and uh, since we just moved uh, off of the topic of Coach Prime, uh, Monica chiming in on YouTube saying it's interesting to see Cincinnati fans now screaming for Dion.
2: Is that Monica that calls in on Pirate Radio? Correct. Okay, Monica. I, I enjoy I, Monica. I enjoy your calls. Uh, you, uh so it was nice to put a face with the uh, with the voice. Um, I, if I I would not hire Dion Desantis. To me, Dion's right fit for South Florida. Um, I, I don't I don't like that fit to Cincinnati either. Yeah. Johnny good.
0: Garner brought up the Arizona State. Uh, what well, was vacancy, and they're going to be hiring alum uh, Kenny Dillingham, the office coordinator from Oregon, making him the youngest. Head coach in FBS at 32 years old, he's a guy that has a, an extremely impressive resume. For no Florida longer
2: than he's been coaching, his resume is very impressive.
0: Having been office coordinator um, at Memphis, Florida State, mm-hmm. and Auburn, in addition to Oregon,
2: how the hell do you do that at 32 years old? How the hell are you the office coordinator at Memphis, Auburn? Where do you, Memphis, Auburn, and and where else did Florida you say Florida State? Florida State, in your he had that season, connection and now Oregon.
0: Mike, Mike Norvell.
2: And now you now you're D.O.C. at Oregon. How the hell do you do that? When you're 32 years old. That's incredible.
0: And then also another one that we have not mentioned: um, Coach Shaw resigned at Stanford. Uh, not, yeah. not surprising with the recent lack of success there. Last night they got beat by BYU. Uh, as BYU finished seven and five, but uh, what do y'all think about that job? You,
1: you know, you talk about a guy who. Had a had a tremendous career at Stanford. His first nine years or so were, were amazing. He did incredible things at Stanford. I mean, he he was he did a tremendous job. It went off the rails a little bit here the last few years. But the thing about Stanford that's so challenging is you have to have somebody that that understands the academics part of it. I mean, you're talking about you know the Ivy League of the West, right? Isn't that the new right. name for Stanford? Yeah. So you got to have the right guy. That's a tough job, man. Like. To be able to combine the academics and the athletics, uh, you really need the right guy. So I, I, I wouldn't even be able to get, begin. Willie Fritz would be on my list for them
2: too.
1: That oh, would yeah. I can see that I can see that I think that's a good yeah, call. That's a call. Good call. Uh, yeah. That's
0: Obviously, a tough one. Charlotte had made a hire, and they hired Biff Pogey from from the Michigan staff. Um, and, but- and
2: the fear with him, the fear with Biff Pogey is if he if, if with Biff is if he has the sports almanac. If Biff has the sports almanac, we're screwed. Um, If Marty has gotten it from Biff, we're good. But if he's got the sports almanac, we're screwed. If you don't get the reference, I'm not explaining it. Yeah, exactly.
0: And and then Richard Osbrook says to skip Holtz, get back into college coaching. Um, Obviously, Skip doing well in the USFL, winning the championship.
2: James told me yesterday, uh, Bubba, my buddy James, you know I'm referring to, that UAB uh, has not necessarily going to hire that interim coach to be their permanent coach. That he is a candidate, and that Skip is also a candidate for that job.
0: Correct. It huh. um, obviously the Bill Clark health situation there, and then they went the interim route for this season due to the timing of that. And uh, um, you know, Skip's right there uh, coaching the, the Birmingham Stallions, and and now I mean he he at least to some sources uh, may be the top candidate there at UAB.
2: Charlotte passed him over for Biff. I mean, uh, of course there's some people that say he turned it down, but, uh, that, that, you know, watch Biff end up going like 12 and 0. but just on paper, that's a goofy hire.
1: How about, you know, La Tech, you know, they haven't exactly set the world on fire since they, they got rid of, uh, Skip. No, that program has continually gone downhill. Skip's a great coach. I, I I'm a fan of him. He just, he's got a good personality. He knows how to connect with players. Uh, I would love to see him back. I think that, that is an interesting fit at UAB. Yeah, would
3: not be a bad hire at all. Our league, so he'll be playing against the Pirates again. A lot, lot
2: of, lot of the schools yeah. coming to our league, uh, Florida Atlantic, UAB, Charlotte, all um, making changes, hiring coaches. Uh, obviously, figuring they're stepping up in competition and, and exposure, so they're trying to put their best foot forward.
1: Did you just depress me, Kyle? You just depressed me, Charlotte, by mentioning our new league. It, th- you know, I'm going to miss this current American conference. Um, even though it's spread out, you know, it's not necessarily what you call a regional conference. There's some good teams in it, and it's competitive every week. Everybody has a chance to win. I just, I, I, I it's going to take me a while to get used to seeing Rice and Charlotte and some of these teams on a schedule. That's, that is, about, that's
3: rough. What about the fact that we could actually. Have now a chance. We would be. I know that people are asking about that. On I think uh, Mike at different ones. We're we're going to be. I would say. Wouldn't you say with well, this new conference, we'll be at least at the top three. I mean, we're we're going to have a fighting chance now. Uh, well, sure. uh, well I game.
2: mean, uh, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. Um, I I would think next year uh, we we're replacing our quarterback, obviously, and some other key pieces. So in this new conference, we need to be in, in, in the top of it every year, the top four or five. Um, Uh, You're going to have East Carolina. You're going to have Memphis, SMU. Um, It'll be interesting if Tulsa, if they come back, UAB. What they'll do UTSA as a team that's coming in with a lot of momentum there. In fact, interesting note, Conference USA Championship game this weekend, um, they went non-divisions. They've taken the top two teams, and it's between UTSA and North Texas. So whoever wins Conference USA is coming to the American. So um, UTSA has got a good program, and North Texas um, had a good year this year. Um so that is what it is. Uh, I still don't understand the North Texas ad cuz we already have the Dallas market. Um but the UTSA ad despite being a million miles away, um that's a good up and coming program with great fan support. Um they get over 30,000, 38,000, 40,000 sometimes um in the Alamo Dome. So uh a lot of a lot of upside to UTSA. Yeah, your buddy
3: <laughs>
1: That's right, Mark. That's right. I thought I was on mute for a second. Mark, call it like it is. It's a shithole. We should go I'll independent. Agree.
2: I'll agree. <laughs> I don't think we should go independent. Um, I, uh, I'm all for if when the money goes away, and I think the money will go away. I'm all for joining the Sunbelt at that point to have a regional conference. Um, right now, we're still getting seven million dollars per school for the TV deal. Um, that will go away, and I think we'll probably end up around three to four million per. Sun Belt at two and a half million per. We'd make up that difference in travel costs on volleyball alone. I mean, you're you're talking about your Olympic sports now all making bus trips. That's going to save you a ton of cash. Um, so uh, I I believe I really believe that unless we just all of a sudden start dominating the American and magically get into a Power Five conference, I really believe by 2030 we'll be in the Sun Belt, for better or worse.
3: I mean, that's the possibility. I, I hope that we will continue to raise money like we're doing with the Pirates Unite campaign. Uh, once we get that 60 mil to keep going uh, beyond the 60 mil, because I think it's uh we hear all the time about arms race, it's about facilities and winning. And so we, the facilities, we can definitely do something about as fans.
2: Uh, the problem we have is we can't move Greenville to Charlotte. That, oh, that's going to be a problem that we can't fix. I I do wonder in the coming years as streaming becomes more and more prevalent and Nielsen ratings and media markets maybe not as important um i i want to know when that's going to start being counted when do actual eyeballs on streaming because you you can count that It ain't like the stupid old Nielsen system you you can actually count real eyeballs so that's what i want to know who's streaming more games east carolina or cincinnati you know for example that's just one example um I would think our streaming numbers are pretty high and at some point maybe when it all goes all
3: streaming that'll pay off for us and uh kyle by the way i thought about you because hulu has a i didn't realize this i just happened to be looking at my account you can opt in or opt out of the nielsens and it made me think about you with that very point of if hulu has it on there about you know like the being counted towards nielsen what about you know the ESPN and all the other Well, ones. you
2: know that they're, they're counting how many people are, be, are streaming each game. They have to uh, for yes. advertisement purposes. And back during baseball season, I think it was a great example. Um, I watched a lot of baseball on ESPN Plus this past uh, spring, and there was a lot of teams in the American that did not have any real advertisement yes. during their baseball games, where at East Carolina, every game that was streamed during baseball season, we had real legitimate advertisements from real legitimate companies so ESPN was able to sell advertising for our baseball games where they couldn't other American teams.
3: Yeah, I think that we're on the um, when it comes to you know this issue. I hate the term group of five or power five as you guys know, but I think we're right there on the bubble. Um, that's what makes it so awkward for us. We're we're not a group of five team, but we're not yet really a power five team when it comes to facilities, money, that sort of thing. So um, this, uh, you know, Cincinnati. There was an article I can't remember where I read it, but it was talking about cincinnati and how it took them 10 years i don't know if it was sports history wherever i read it but it was 10 years from the time that they started like fundraising and building their program to get to the level that they are now
2: yeah and they also have the city of cincinnati for the media market that got them in the big east which became the american and to their credit they didn't go crawling the hole when they lost their bcs status with their power five status you know they 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 kept investing in the program to get in the power five conference but um, I'll say from an East Carolina standpoint, which you mentioned about grip Five, uh, power Five, I think one of the big problems for East Carolina fans is we've been around for so long. You know, we remember when we had rivalries with Syracuse and West Virginia and, you know, th- then we were in the same conference with Cincinnati and we were in the same conference with TCU and we were in the same conference with Louisville and we were in the same conference with UCF and we've seen all these teams move on and we haven't. And, Part of it's been always been bad timing for us. It seems like when expansion happens, we suck. And then part of it's media market, and that's something that, unfortunately we really, you know, can't do anything about. I think it's the population of North Carolina continues to grow. I hope East Carolina would get credit for the whole state, but Greenville's not going to become a major metropolitan area overnight. Um, I, I do think the growth of the state as a whole should help us though.
0: And one of the things we need to do is get our reputation back to, uh, you know, what it once was as far as supporting the program, traveling to bowl games. So, you know, if you're sitting on the fence and thinking, well, we should be better than seven and five, we should be eight and four, nine and three, maybe even 10 and two. So I'm not going to go to the bowl. Uh, Just keep that in mind in the future. You know, if we, if you want us to, you know, go to another conference. Uh, just just remember that uh, and you know reflect back on that because if enough people take that approach, then uh, then we won't be where we want to be. Uh, so, uh, if, as frustrated as we are with certain things, so let's let's support the program. And uh, you know, Mike Radford was chiming in with his uh, love of what the Sun Belt's been able to do, saying it would be one hell of a baseball. Oh my league. God, the and, baseball league no would be a doubt. monster.
2: A monster. Whew.
0: And then, um, and then, uh, let's see. Robert Dedrick said Cincinnati breaking ground soon on a one hundred million dollars sports facility. Um, when you
2: got Big Twelve money coming yeah, in, you can
0: do not that. when you had that Big Twelve money coming in, as Kyle just said. And then, uh, Randy too is just talking about you know moving forward. We have to handle our business in uh, in the new look American and really uh, start stacking some nine, 10, 11 win seasons like Boise state did in the mountain West and uh,
2: done them a lot of good.
0: Well, but um, yeah, what's the, what's the alternative? It's uh,
2: <laughs> No, I'd rather win. Uh, you'd obviously rather win yeah. whether you're yeah, like, stuck
0: here or, or, or yeah, where. At you. least if you do that, then uh, give yourself a, a chance. You, you, the you, we can
2: control what we can control. Yeah. So, and, and, um, investing in the program as best we can, showing up for games, buying season tickets, going to bowl games, making sure we support Mike Houston. If Mike Houston leaves, making sure we make the right hire. You control what you what you can control. Right. Um, we can't make Greenville into a major metropolitan area, unfortunately. That that's our biggest stumbling block.
3: It is. I, I do agree that if we won uh, a lot a lot of games, conferences, uh, championships, won a lot of games, they would take a look at us because of the reputation of for example, filling up Doughty Ficklin. You know, that's a big deal. And uh, we do have a we do have a great uh, average. I think it's 42. What is it, Bubba? Help me out. 42, 43,000. I think off the top of my head. I sure don't what
0: it is right now. I, I just know we were right there with UCF atop the conference. Um, need to confirm those final numbers. But um, a couple of things before we get out of here. I'm um, taking a look around the American this weekend. Um, I know Matt, uh, you were watching some of it. You know, I think the others were as well. And that and that's that two-lane game at Nippert Stadium. And what a ball game that was. Um, watched the majority of that one from start to finish. And you look around the league, every, all five games this weekend, guys, uh, were all, all decided by one score or less.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll tell you guys, that running back Spears for Tulane, tremendous player, tremendous player. He, uh, he, he damaged, he he did a lot of damage to Cincinnati. So, uh, congrats to Tulane. I was really happy to see that. I wanted it to be us. I wanted it to be us. We almost had him, but I was just happy to see Luke Fickle and Cincinnati lose that game.
2: Yeah, me too. I, I only got to watch the end of that game. I was visiting friends in New Bern, but, uh, I did uh, watch the of it on my phone, and uh, I'm glad to see Tulane beat since I hope they hope they win the conference championship over UCF because they're staying in the league. That looks good for the league if Tulane wins the conference championship. They're staying; they're not leaving. So we really, really need to be rooting for them against UCF.
3: Hey, good, absolutely, our good friend Corey, glory uh, voice of the the Green Wave. Uh, we're going to be pulling hard for the Green Wave and. That would be great, you know, guys, that would be great for Tulane. Um, and one point I want to make, and then, Bob, I know we're talking about the scoreboard. We were talking about the different teams. Look at Tulane. Tulane has had one magical season. Well, was a 98. But look what Willie Fritz has done. He's built the program up. You look at uh, other programs, we need to step up. The FAUs coming in, the USFs of the world, uh, the Tulsas. If we get some of these uh, great hires like the beyond, like the USF, the American that we talked about is weak. Well, if you start getting some big-name hires in there. Yeah. Uh, and re-
2: let me – I want to point this out, Dave. Um, Willie Fritz has a very similar re- resume to Mike Houston. They have both uh, won FCS national yes. championships. He did have one FBS stop at Georgia Southern right when they were transitioning before he went to Tulane. But his first four years at, uh, at Tulane, his record was very similar to what Mike Houston's is here. Um, and so, to, to me, while they're not exactly the same coaching style, There's some similarities there and similarity in background. And like I said, through the first four years, very similar records. So uh, everybody should keep that in mind.
3: Yeah, no doubt. That was a – I think Willie Fritz is a great coach. You guys know that. And he took, like I said, Tulane is not an easy – that was another thing. I was going to make a point. Tulane is not an easy job. And he took that and he made it uh, a respectable program. And how many years in a row they've gone to a bowl? I mean, so many years – they had a record until, I think, last year.
2: Yeah, they, they had went to the bowl two or three years in a row. Then last year, obviously, didn't go to one. And right. Had a very disappointing year last year. But, boy, they made up for it this year. Yes, yeah, they yeah. sure
1: did. They sure did. And, you know, guys, some really interesting things around the country yesterday. As, as Bubba dropped off, I know he wanted to mention it, but uh, who's hotter than South Carolina right now? I mean, Shane Beamer's got that thing moving in the right direction. And uh, I, I actually wasn't surprised at all to see – I thought South Carolina would cover that 14-point spread. I wasn't totally surprised to see them win. But the game that really surprised me was Michigan just just absolutely beating up on Ohio State in the horseshoe.
3: That was, Yeah. I, I called that. That was the one, not that it, to beat them up, but I thought they would win a tight game, Michigan, again. And I think that, uh, you know, I – personality, I'm not going to ever hang out probably with Harbaugh – But you have to respect what he's done. And, you know, the Michigan fans were so uh, used when a match turned brutal to him. And the last two, they because he could never win the big one. He could never beat Ohio State. Well, he's won two in a row against (laughs) Ohio State. And Ohio Ohio State is a great football team. So um, and we're going to be taking them on in the big house. so, So it's not like I care about Michigan. But I just find it funny now. You don't hear about those fans anymore. They finally are off his back, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: No, you would have to be. You beat Ohio State two years in a row. They're potentially going to make the playoffs. they got a Big Ten championship game to play first. Uh, I guess the score that shocked me, as we start to wrap this up, uh, James Madison blowing out Coastal. I know Coastal had the East Division wrapped up of the Sun Belt. Maybe they just weren't ready to play. And they had a
0: backup quarterback. Right.
2: And James Madison just wiped the floor with them. Another one. Uh, How about the New Mexico State Aggies wiping the floor with Liberty? And, hmm.
0: uh, 49, for,
2: 14. 49, 14, and not for nothing. New Mexico state had a game canceled against San Jose state and they're trying to get a FBS opponent for this weekend or next, um, to play the be at San Jose or someone else. Um, so they can try to get six and six and get to a bowl game. So a hell of a job by, um, Jerry Keel in his first year at New Mexico state.
1: Wow. Um, now, now, let me ask you guys this question. So, another interesting thing about yesterday is the fact that USC beats up on Notre Dame pretty good. And now, all of a sudden, with Ohio State losing, USC slides into that top four. I'm not so sure about that for me. You know, I know it's all about what have you done for me lately. Like, you know, when when it's it's important when you lose during right. the season. But I'm not so sure I'm ready to take USC um ahead of Ohio State just because they lost to Michigan well
3: i tell you the uh the one thing I think it's because of eyeballs and the fact that how many years in a row it's kind of like with no offense to Cowboy fans but every year the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl well uh how many years have we heard from college football pundits the USC is back well they're, I, I, they're I, back. I think and finally now they they have this is the best season they've had in a long time and that's why there's a lot of fans in Norman that are very angry with Lincoln Riley because they knew he was a great product.
2: Yeah, I have no problem with USC being in the top four. Um, I think it would be fun to see four different conference represented, represented, represented in the uh, in the playoff um, if that were to happen. Um, but you, who knows what's going to happen championship weekend? You know, USC could lose, TCU could lose. Um, I think Georgia and Michigan are in no matter what. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with TCU and uh what happens with uh with michigan um and if one of them it, you know it, let, let's say it's not michigan tcu and usc let's say tcu and usc both lose then what the hell happens i guess ohio state is back in lsu has eliminated all opportunities for them to get in could alabama sneak back it's
3: in a slim chance for alabama yeah i was gonna say that Kyle. Yeah. that's crazy so
2: i i don't know um tcu has been an interesting story all year uh Uh, They get Kansas State in that Big Twelve championship, so um, I I don't know. uh, Be and see if they make the playoffs. They've been they've been a fun a fun team to watch all year.
0: Monica chiming in, saying that the Civil War. I know they technically no longer call it that, but uh, you know we don't. Of course not.
2: Can't can't. can't, Yeah. Nothing screams. We're not.
0: There's nothing PC about the sports objective, but uh, (laughs) but Oregon State and Oregon. That was a tremendous game.
2: Yeah, and nothing says Civil War north versus south like Oregon and Oregon State, so stupid. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was a good game. Um, the Apple Cup was a good one for a while. Um, Washington finally pulled away, but uh, it was a good game for a while.
1: Thanks, Monica, for chiming in, by the way. Always enjoy yeah. Monica's calls.
3: Johnny Robertson said, I'd love to see Caleb Williams on the biggest of stages. He is phenomenal to watch. Amen, Johnny. Jr. Agreed on that one alright do you guys have anything before we go thanks to all the viewers and listeners tonight it's been awesome tonight Appreciate it. Uh,
0: one other thing I did have um, just because Monica brought it up and uh, he said and it was wild to see South Florida <laughs> Play UCF down to the wire, especially after falling behind 28 to nothing. And Richard Osbrook had brought that game up as well, just saying that's. And I I know it's a a huge rivalry matchup, but uh, you you just never know what's going to transpire from one Saturday to the next. As far as, you know, our folks, uh, you know, some not just having some concerns with the way the defense is playing, but uh, downplaying our victory over Temple yesterday. But, um, yeah, that was a tremendous ball game, UCF having to win it on the last second field goal. And and now now they will travel to New Orleans once again. And, um, you know, kudos. And it should be this way. But uh, hats off to the people of New Orleans and Tulane fans. It's, it's looking like um, the stadium, Newman Stadium, is going to be packed um, as it should be for the championship game between Tulane and UCF.
2: Yeah, you would hope so. Uh, t- two things. Um, one, I think it's too late in the season to really care about how we win. I uh, think week one. This is week 12. I mean, we won. Uh, I know we've analyzed it, but, I mean, really, I said before this game, I don't care if we win a triple overtime by one point long as we win. Two, the South Florida game against uh, UCF is a good example. Uh, UCF's defense played horrible uh, against South Florida. And, by the way, uh, what did you guys think of South Florida's uniforms? I- I'm not normally a fan of non-traditional uniforms, but I hate their normal uniforms. I like the neon green. That would be what I would do. St- and I think recruits would like it. And particularly if you've got De- neon Dion, and then you use those neon green, on, those neon green uniforms all the time. I mean, I that's money right uniforms. there.
3: I love those uniforms. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was watching that last night, and I, I knew I was watching that game, and I looked on the TV several times. I was like, oh, wow, that's USF. Wow.
2: Yeah, I like them. For whatever reason, I like them. I thought – I I, I – I would stick with them, particularly if Dion Sanders is coming in. It makes a lot of sense.
0: And you look at what Dion, um, you know, Jackson State. You know, some people, you know, if they didn't see the picture, they may not believe it. But if you, if you watch some videos of uh, Jackson State's games there at home, um, they're consistently putting forty to fifty thousand people in the stadium. As we all know, um, USF has struggled to put fans in Raymond James. You know, you could see their butts in the seats, um, at at their ball games, increase. You know, four or five, six hundred percent. As I think the impact that Deion Sanders would have on the the casual USF fan, or just the just people that aren't USF fans, and getting them to become USF fans is it would be uh unreal.
2: It it would get a lot of attention, no doubt about it. It, it would be a smart hire if they can make it and. Uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But nobody can blame them for making that hire. It would make a lot of
3: sense initially. How about college game day? I can already see it right now, guys. The fair Labor Day, twenty twenty three. Nah. The nah. thesis on college game day is like about Dion. He's going to bring all the excitement. All the oh oh yeah. On game,
2: I thought you were saying they were going to be live from Tampa. I'm say no way. But uh, the, no, there, there would be a lot of talk. Yeah, on game day, et cetera. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, I appreciate, again, everybody coming on tonight. Uh, man, a lot of great uh, viewers and listeners mean so much to us. In fact, uh, the Pirate uh, – it's nice to have a win, obviously, too. The Pirate Playback is brought to you by l Custom Homes. We appreciate uh, Kevin Walker. KK has uh, been a part of our show the last few years on our show, and obviously I appreciate Kevin so much. He does a great job. If you're looking to build a home, especially in that triad area, Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point. But if you have the money, he has the time. Call them 336 688 8461. Our good friends at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. Wanted to give a shout out to Mark Holiday and all our fine friends there, Mark and Terry Holiday. In fact, Kyle, I'll give you credit. Uh, you talked about call the Holiday Brothers for your next holiday party. Call them 252 661 0337. And of course, Kyle, we have pgxgloves.com, don't we? I
2: always have pgxgloves.com. And it's the holiday season, it may be. Maybe you need to to order some gloves for the athlete in your life. Maybe your husband plays golf and you wanted to get him some custom golf gloves. That'd be a nice stock and stubber. Uh, PGXgloves.com for all your for all your sporting gloves needs. And uh, put in promo code ECU at checkout. And uh, what, how much do you save? Uh, I don't have the graphic on the screen right now.
0: 25%.
2: 25%, 25% with promo code ECU. Just got to put in three little letters to save some money.
3: All right. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
0: Yeah, um, as you see there on the screen for our viewers, if you follow the NFL, you're probably well aware of what Zay Jones did today. Zay had a had his best game of the season as he caught 11 balls for uh, 145 yards in the Jags' victory over the Ravens, and he also caught the two-point conversion there with just uh, seconds left that, that lifted Jacksonville to victory. What is the
2: deal with all these pirates end up playing well in Jacksonville? David Garrard, Gardner Minshew, now Zay Jones.
3: Weird. I don't know. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice connection. Uh, no doubt about it. Hey, they made the league. That's the most important thing. All right. Do you have any guys – guys, do you have anything before we go? Get out of here. Uh, I,
2: I'm all out of topics. Be, be interesting to see if we find out anything about a ball game this week or if it'll be next weekend after the championship games. All right. Check all
3: our great programming. See we have you guys
1: there. in Fenway. All
3: right. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna have to take. Hey, you're gonna take us out to Italian restaurants, right?
1: Oh hell yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go big. We're gonna find the best Italian restaurant in Boston, and uh, we'll get some good Italian food, guys.
2: All right, maybe we can. Bro- I will Kyle will
1: be there too. Don't let him fool you.
2: No, I, w- I will not. I will not be in Boston.
1: <laughs> right,
3: please come to Boston, Kyle. A great
1: uh,
2: son.
3: Unfortunately, it's not going to work out for me. All right, and uh, Bubba, do you have anything before we go, bro?
0: Nope. Um, just. And pirate nation, show up on wherever the bowl game is, and uh, let's let's have a have a strong showing and and he- help this football team get a eighth win. Yeah.
3: no doubt. Go ahead and make your hotel reservations right now because you never know what pirates. Yeah, be go ahead and do them
2: in 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 Boston, uh, Birmingham, uh, Bucca Raton, Myrtle Beach, uh, uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, Orlando, Florida. And Annapolis. apparently, Annapolis, Maryland. Just go ahead and reserve one of these towns and then make the cancellation as needed.
3: As soon as we find out, no doubt. All right. Uh, for Kyle, Matt, Bubba, I'm Dave Richmond, and we appreciate you watching and listening to the Pirate Football Playback again brought to you by L&K Custom Homes. And we'll get out of here. We'll say good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates.
2: You've been watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Follow us on social media at The Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at The Sports Objective on Instagram. Please
1: like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. Go
2: Pirates!